All right. Well, let's get this meeting going. If everybody makes sure they press star one, please. All right. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly EYS and I am recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today is Friday, February 14th, 2020. So today we are in the big book and we are on page 90. We're on the second paragraph. It says, if there is any indication, and we are reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Our readers today, the 12 steps, Penny E, 12 traditions, Anita J. Readers of the text will be Susan H., Larry K., and Becca R. Our newcomer greeter today will be Jason K., and our second hour host is Deanna B. So our reference numbers for Thursday, yesterday, February 13th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14113. 14113 and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 14118. 14118. So, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now have Penny E. read our 12 steps. Good morning, Penny. Good morning. Thank you. Penny E. from South Jersey recovered. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Love you guys. God bless. Thank you so much, Penny. And next up, we have Anita J. to read our 12 traditions. Good morning, Anita. 
Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. And three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. And eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. And 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Anita. So here is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We will read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone could share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And you'll hear me say time if you go over. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as a compulsive overeater only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So what you'll do is you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, you let us know by saying pass. Then you'll press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. All right, guys, we're, um, we're in the big book, in case you didn't know that. We're on page 90, second paragraph, if there is any indication and we're going to be reading and commenting that one paragraph, and Susan H. is going to get us started. Hey, Susan. Good morning. This is Susan H., a recovered compulsive overeater near Walpock, Ohio, this morning. If there is any indication that he wants to stop, 
have a good talk with the person most interested in him, usually his wife. Get an idea of his behavior, his problems, his background, the seriousness of his condition, and his religious leanings. You need this information to put yourself in his place and to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. Um, well, uh, when I first read it, I thought, oh, kind of an uninspiring paragraph. But, you know, this really, the chat that we have with someone before we both make our decision if we want to start this journey together. It's just, just about like this paragraph. It's, it's very rare I've spoken. I haven't actually spoken to any family members of anyone I've sponsored yet, and that could change. But, uh, yeah, uh, the talk with them to see what, they, what they've been through, to see if they're in some desperation, to see if they're willing to go to any length, and to see how I can most compassionately help them. I, I have found time and again that as long as I trust the directions in the big book and share only my experience, strength, and hope, it's helpful. It's helpful. And helpful for them depending on their... Um, willingness to go to any length, depending on their desperation, depending on their belief that they are truly a hopeless overeater, like I am. But it helps me every time to review and get closer to this text and uh, to grow in this program. So I'm very grateful for the directions that are in here grateful to have a chance to give service and I'm going to pass with that. Well, thank you, Susan H., for getting us started. So again, we are on page 90, second paragraph. If there's any indication, if you haven't shared in the last couple days and would like to share today, give me your first name and first initial of your last. Benita L. Benita L. Yes, I got that, Vanita. Michelle G. Michelle G. Rick J. Rick J. Melissa C. Melissa C. Stacy J. Stacy J. This is Larry K. Larry K. Everybody's being so nice. Not that you guys aren't always nice, but you know. Okay, well, let's just stop there because that's six people. Here's the lineup. Vanita L., Michelle G., G., Rick J., Melissa C., Stacy K., and Larry K. So, guys, make sure you're star one muted. Everybody on the line because there's been a little bit of background going on today. So just make sure you're muted so we can have a nice, quiet meeting. And Vanita L., you are up now. Go. Good morning, everybody. So this this passage um, really is addressed to my self-centeredness. And instead of me wanting to bestow my wisdom on somebody, you know, when because now these days, right, normally we are going to meet people who want help at a meeting. 
is, you know, to go up to newcomers to chat with them. And then, you know, if obviously if there's some indication they want to because they're there at a meeting, right? But to listen to them, I mean, to me, um, it tells me to like just really listen to them or to call them afterwards. Usually I'll say, you know, can I call you afterwards? And I call them and then I just listen to them and I let them talk. So I get a really, well, first of all, so that I can hear what's going on with them and then to get to connect with them. And though I know it's like really pretty basic, probably for some people, the idea of like, how would I like them, you know, to approach me if the, you know, if the tables were turned, um, you know, it's my self-centeredness is pretty extreme. And so it's always an amazing reminder for me to try to look at things from other points of view and um, to also ask God. I'm working really to remember to ask God to please guide me what to say. So thank you. Pass. Thank you so much, Vanita L. And next up is Ms. Michelle G., followed by Rick J. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kelly. This is Michelle G. from Boston, um, recovered compulsive eater. Um, so I'm looking at, um, let's see, where was I? Um, you need this information to put yourself in his place. So um, we need to listen. I need to listen so that I can be of service, um, the best service to this potential um, protege. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to be in an area where there's a lot of face-to-face meetings, so I can I can see a person, I can see um, how often they are around, and I can just sort of, you know, by experience, this is a new, you know, this at this point on page 90, this is a new experience for for us working with other people. We've just established our connection with our higher power and, um, you know, listening and tuning in and, and um, for me being, you know, you know, asking to, to be of service and, you know, to have my eyes open and my ears open so that I can be present. And, and so if there's a potential protege, um, I, can, I can watch and listen and see. But then on the phone meetings, it's a little harder. Um, but again, at this point, it's, you know, I've, I've, you know I'm, I'm new to this. I'm working with others, so um, I don't have anything to go on except to just um, practice. And so practicing, like, um, to put myself out there and to um, to not shut the door on anybody because who am I to say when, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Um, and because um, that was my experience when I was in need and I was looking for help. Um, I Every time I was looking for help, I was, you know, 100% sure I was done and this was it. And then I was back out again. So um, I have to I have to be ready and I have to be willing and I have to offer my myself. And um, and from there, you know, God plants the seed and and. Um, and all I can be is um, is ready and willing, um, and it it just it works out or it doesn't work out because um, it says in in um, step twelve we tried to carry this message to other alcoholics. Um, I can't get anybody um, clean and sober and abstinent, um, 
And, you know, one more thing I'll go back to where it talks about frothy emotional appeal. You know, it's it's us um, recovered um, compulsive eaters or alcoholics that can carry this message like no other professional or family member can. So um, with that, I'll pass. And thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle G. Next up, we have Rick J. followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Rick. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. And the line that uh, jumped out at me this morning uh, was, if he says yes, then his attention should be drawn to you as a person who has recovered. And um, I was also thinking on page 164, it says this line, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. And boy, I, I've been in and out of OA for a long time. And I've had brief periods uh, of abstinence, um, you know, and I would really try to, to get out there and, and uh, sponsor people. Um, up to the level of whatever step I was on, you know, and then I would get into the food and I wouldn't tell anyone. And I would say, well, I'm, I haven't had a, that first compulsive bite today, so I'm good. I mean, my, my mind was still sick. I still had the mind of an addict trying to sponsor people, trying to carry this message of recovery, which I did not have. And I was telling a, a friend of mine back in October, a very dear friend of mine, he's very honest with me. And, um, you know, she told me that I had to stop sponsoring people immediately and get recovered. And I, uh, I talked to someone who has uh, become very close to in this fellowship and he's guided me through the big book, uh, you know, just like we're supposed to do. And it is such a wonderful feeling to to be recovered and to actually have a message that I can carry to someone as a recovered compulsive overeater. Just keeping it simple, keeping it real. And um, it's really good to be here with you guys. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Rick. So next up, Melissa C. followed by Stacy J. Hey, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in New York. And um, yeah, I just I, I laugh because like I'm right. I'm chomping at the bit to share on a paragraph that says, um, "Listen, right? Just listen, and don't talk." You know, and that. It's really difficult, I think, um, especially because I feel like this is the answer. And and when somebody shows a little bit of interest, um, I have to I have to pray and ask for a lot of restraint from my restraint from my creator, because I want to give the whole story. I want to like tell every piece of it. And you know what? Sometimes that's not what they're asking, right? They're just, you know, they're just showing some interest and I have to listen and hear um, what it is they're looking for, you know, and very often, you know, I've been blessed with a a very um, visible, physical transformation. And that 
um, is attractive to a lot of people, whether they have a food addiction or not. And so I get asked um, a lot. A lot, I really do, and um, and I used to tell people precisely what to eat. And um, yeah, I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm not a dietitian. I'm just a really sick woman who needs to eat a certain way. And and when I get asked initially, um, I really just have to listen and hear what somebody's experience is. Are they looking for a diet? You know, if they're looking for a diet, I don't have a lot to offer on that. You know, are they out of ideas, right? And that I can find out. And I've also, I have had opportunities where families, people have come to me. A a few people have come to me in regards to their daughters, right? And because they knew I grew up as a fat adolescent and um, and what can they do for their daughter. They see that their daughter's eating this way. Um, And, yeah, I'm not going to call their daughter. I had a girlfriend who really wants me to call her daughter. And I'm like, does she want to stop? And she's like, no, but she's getting really fat. And, you know, and I'm really worried for her. And, um, yeah, there's nothing I can do for that person except for pray. And, you know, I did get a call from someone yesterday. And I'm so glad that we're up to this in this chapter. I'm just listening to her right now. I'm just listening. I'm hearing where she's at and finding out, you know, um, what I can do for her, how I can be useful for her, if and when she wants this. Um, Thanks, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Melissa C. So next up, Stacy J., followed by Larry K. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. This is Stacy J., recovered food addict in Toronto, Canada. Um, I, being recently recovered, uh, I think it's uh, it's five months of abstinence yesterday, which is miraculous and also oddly effortless. Um, uh, people are coming my way. And uh, I was speaking with a person a few days ago who was uh, referred to me by another person for whom I'm a sharing partner. Um, and this person has struggled their entire life with food, just like I had. And, you know, I didn't have to ask her her story. It came, it came busting out of her because I can remember when I finally found people who, who had experienced um hopelessness powerlessness frustration with the food like that demoralizing you know so many trips through the ringer uh like i had you know when they find someone who who can relate to that they want to tell because most of us have kept our struggles with food a secret or we thought we did but of course you know so often we're wearing our experiences around with us um every day but when I listen, what I've noticed is um, working now as I am with a few sharing partners, you know, for some people, it says here, uh, you know, find out about their religious leanings. That is something I've noticed. There's a huge amount of variety. Some people don't have much in the way of, um, a, um, let's say, a religious um experience or like affinity. And other people are very ambivalent about the word God. That's a really big deal for some people. And, and when I learn that, I'm not going to be using that word. I'm going to use other words. I'm going to use concepts. Um, and I'll be very tentative about going there and, and focus more on the food in the beginning, you know. And, um, and other people, it's not a source of trouble. They have a, a higher power of some description, and it's not a, like a hot spot, in which case I don't have to worry too much about that until we get into – you know, we agnostics. Um, so 
I I find it so helpful just to just to hear what are their trouble spots and um and then and then share from my experience those things that that they relate to and because my my um my struggles with food are so fresh in my mind it's so easy to call up those things and and really relate to where they're coming from. So uh, it's, it's, you know, the remember when is not hard for me because it was months ago, <laughs> but, uh, but I know that hearing what they're going through reminds me of what a miracle I have in this absolute freedom and uh, neutrality with food. And it gives me, it inspires me to keep carrying the message uh, to the degree that they can hear it um, in order to Time, also please. have that miracle. Thank you to have that miracle continue to happen in my life. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stacy J. And next up's Larry Kay, and they'll be taking more names. Hey, Larry. Hey, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Appreciate that. Uh, Larry Kay recovered from Chicago. You know, we all we all come here with uh, with our own personal narrative, right? And and I I love when I heard someone years ago, this woman on this on this line. Uh, she said, you know, something to the effect that God came to her through her wounds. Oh, that, that, that hit me right between the eyes. Yeah, my higher power came to me through my wounds. You know, when someone is drowning, their situation is undeniable, right? There, there, there's no room for deflection or debate about their circumstances. It's right there. And the more desperate a person is, perhaps the better. You know, de- desperation, it, it, if there's a taste of desperation, it's like, a, like overwhelmingly salty water. It's going to get your attention. And when the crisis is reached, you know, that's the point at which the divine begins to intersect with the, this seemingly hopeless uh, state. And, in fact, I would suggest that desperation provides the fuel that propels us, you know, towards, uh, towards hope, and, and, and when the pain of picking up the heroin, so to speak, outweighs the pain of putting down the heroin, that's when I become ripe for change. And that's when a desperate person becomes open to anything and attached to nothing. And it's like they're willing to sell their skepticism and, and purchase you know, openness and purchase bewilderment. <laughs> we don't know. And, and then the protective shield begins to come down when a person is, is truly desperate, I celebrate. I celebrate. You know, we, we, do we want the person to have some separation from the food before we embark on the step? Sure. Yeah, they need that clarity of mind. But I'll close with this. I, I, I love the metaphor of the caterpillar at the final stages of this metamorphosis, this, this change, this transformation. It's at a crisis point. It, I, it can hardly move if you watch that caterpillar. It almost appears desperate for change. And then miraculously, it sheds its former self, and it becomes a butterfly. And from crisis to desperation, and then to freedom. And by the way, that, that butterfly still must contend with stormy weather. The storm still, still comes for the butterfly, right? Just like us. We, we, we don't get to a place of nirvana here, but we do get to a place of freedom. With that, I pass. Thanks, Kelly. Hey, thanks, Larry. Okay, guys. So... We are in the big book, page 90, second paragraph. If there is any indication, we read that one, and we're just commenting on that paragraph. If you haven't shared in the last couple days and would like to, give me your first name and initial of your last. Katie G. Katie G, gotcha. 
I didn't hear somebody else in there. Debbie K. Cindy C. I can't hear you. Somebody C. Cindy C. Cindy C. Got you, Cindy. Maureen H. Who is this? Maureen H. Maureen H. Got room for a couple more people. If you've been waiting to share, this is your chance. Star one, come on, guys. Get your voice out there. All right. Well, I guess we'll get started there. So sounds like somebody's unmuted. So make sure you're star one. So your phone is muted. We'll get started with Katie G followed by Debbie K. Hey, Katie. Good morning, Kelly. This is Katie G recovered in Boston. You know, this beautiful book has changed me so much as a sponsor. Um, you know, I used to think if you were fat, you needed OA. That's not true. That's a judgment. That's an old idea. I used to think I had the message for everyone. Oh, guess what? That's not true. You know, uh, I need to get an idea of where you are, what your desperation is. Because I'm going to tell you, when this disease took me to the brinks that it did, as an old friend of mine likes to say, I went from yeah, but to yes, ma'am. I, I called that woman. I said, please. Please, I'll do whatever. She said, call me at this time. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, write this. I said, okay. Because I didn't, I, all I knew is that I was totally out of ideas. But we're not all there. First of all, we're not all compulsive overeaters. There are plenty of us on this line who are moderate eaters and hard eaters, and that's okay. Because when you get on the phone with me um, and you're like, you know, I'm, I, I think I need to change, but I'm not sure. I'm praying for the willingness to be willing. I have to tell you, stop praying for the willingness to be willing because the willingness to be willing for me was action. I have to tell you, I've never woken up willing. I've never woken up and said, geez, I am so willing. I'm just not. I've woken up so in so much pain. Um, but what's so freeing about this book is that I don't need to have your answers. You know, when I, when I talk to women and I have the privilege of going through a period of time where I was announcing myself as a sponsor all the time, and it was so fun because I got to talk to people at so many different places, people calling me up, and they were in that analysis place, right? Let me figure it out. These are all the things that have worked for me. This is my plus plus list, my, my, my check minus list. These are the things that I know. And all I could do was say, okay. Um, and then when I, got, when, I, when I heard where they were at and I said, well, this is my experience, they don't have to like what I do. I, I say to people up front, look, like, I don't fight my own disease. I'm not here to fight yours. Like, this is what I do. And the thing is, you can either do it and we can be a sponsor, sponsee, or not, and we can be friends. Because I don't know what's best for everybody. I don't even know if you're a compulsive overeater. And I'm not here to put on my cape and save anyone. But what I know for me is I sponsor because I'm one sick puppy. And I don't want to lose what it is that God has so generously given me. 
And so what I love is that I don't have the I don't have to have the answers. I don't have to have your solution, but that as so many of us have said, I can listen, I can present what I do, and then the outcome's not up to me, it's up to God. What a relief. I don't have to be in charge, praise God, for another day. I'm going to, God willing, charge with all of you, and with that, I do pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Next up, we have Debbie K. followed by Cindy C. Hey, Debbie. Good morning. This is Debbie Kay. Am I being heard? Yes, you are. Thank you. So thank you for all the people in service positions today. And thank you for the wisdom on the line this morning. The line that um, really jumped out at me is you need this information to put yourself in his place to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. What I have found is when I am overzealous, when I want to give away more than the other person wants to receive, I have lost that person. And I know it because they begin to glaze over For myself, I find that when I'm approaching somebody, it requires the greatest of delicacy, and that's where I can bring God in. So my first question is, can I open up a God space in me to make room to hear another person? Then the second question is, what am I listening for? First and foremost, I'm listening for their eating. Second, I'm listening for the pain associated with their eating. Third, I'm listening for the pain their eating has caused others. And lastly, I'm listening for their level of desperation. So if I have opened up this God space within me, it doesn't mean that I am carrying their pain. It means that along with God, I have an opportunity to open my heart to hear their pain. And then delicacy, but kind confrontation will get me in far, when I say kind confrontation, I mean truth. Here's what happened for me. Does that resonate with you? And that gets me in far deeper than any overzealousness I might have for that person. With that, I share, and I thank you for listening. I pass. Hello? Thank you so much. I got sorry. I couldn't get unmuted oh, there. Welcome. Thanks, Debbie. All right, so next up we have Cindy C. followed by Maureen H. Hi, this is Cindy C. from New York. So the part that jumped out at me here today was um, you need this information to put yourself in his place. So, you know, that reminds me of what happened when when Bob went to see Bill. No, when Bill went to see Bob. And um, 
you know, Bill was able to talk to Bob about his alcoholism and about where he was coming from and about how alcoholism had affected his life. And Bob was able to hear that and listen because that was the first time anybody really felt the, the alcoholism that Bob felt. And um, other people had tried to help him in other ways. And it was interesting because um, when Bill made those phone calls, Henrietta, the person that finally connected him with Bob, said, we've been waiting for you because they were praying for Bob. They were praying for someone to come along to help him. And, you know, along came Bill. So putting ourselves in another person's place, I think, Cindy, we lost you. Star one. Cindy? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I don't know when you lost Okay. Um, but I'll just pass. Thank you. Well, okay. You still had some time, but let's see. <clears throat> Maureen H., you're up, and then after Maureen, we'll be taking more names. Okay, hello. Maureen, recovered compulsive of the eater from South Florida. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, uh, I love the shares this morning, and I love I love this chapter. And um, the thing I always loved about this chapter is the ease in which it was written. There's this, like, recovered pacing and this detachment from the outcome that I read when I read this, this, this chapter. And, you know, this paragraph is no exception. It's like, you know, sit back and listen. Get an idea. Get you know, figure out where, or not figure out, but listen to where this person's coming from and their background and get this information so you can put yourself in his place and see how you would like to be approached if the tables were turned. The sentiment being like, you know, what, how can I be most useful? And I think about um, my own experience with uh, sponsoring and there have been so many times where I wanted it so much more than the sponsee. And I was enthusiastic and working their program for them and trying to be their savior and just the laundry list of things that really was not good for me, not good for my recovery. And it was more of a reflection of, of where um, I was still, you know, in need of spiritual growth. You know, because I had this ego that I'm going to get you recovered or this is the right way to do it. And I love that, like, my current relationship with my sponsee is this easy, I'm not worried about the outcome, I'm not living her life, you know, for her. I, you know, I guide her, I kind of keep her on track, but not in a way that is, is you know, micromanaging. Um and it's it's really up to her because this is about her relationship with God and her relationship that's going to eventually get her, hopefully, a state of recovery where she is happy and connected and feels love in her heart towards her higher power in the same way that I do. Um, and it's not my job to force that on a person. And the funny thing about my current relationship is this is someone I've known for a long time. And maybe in back, like last, you know, April or so, I was, um, you know, thinking, oh, my God, I would want this recovery for her. And she's here and she's in it. And, you know, she really is, you know, wanting it, but I'm not ready for her. 
And it turns out she wasn't ready for me really either, even though we had like kind of like connected, um, but then like ships passed in the night kind of thing. And it just took a couple of months. It took a little more pain. It took a little more experience on her end and a little more um, growth in my side too, that I finally was able to, we reconnected back in November and just had Time, a please. beautiful relationship and sponsorship and sponsoring. And it's something that God could only have done for us. So it's a wonderful thing. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Maureen H. So we have time for uh, more shares. If you want to share on the paragraph, we're on page 90, second paragraph, if there's any indication. Nancy P. Nancy P. Darian K. Carmela G. Jen A. Okay, we're going to stop there, see if we can get everybody. All right, here's who I have, Nancy P., Darian K., Carmela G., and Jen A. All right, Nancy, you're up. Hi, this is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts. Thanks for letting me share. Um, so uh, this, is, this paragraph to me is about partially about me as a sponsor or as a me- carrier of the message. And I've got to tell you, at the end when it says, see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned, I didn't want to be approached. And I made that really clear um, by just seething with anger. Nobody, you know, I, was, I had a built-in gigantic network of people waiting to help me and love me, and I was, didn't want anything to do with it. Um, my, um, my mother was in OA and quite, um, quite active, and um, all of her homies were dying to to help me and I was enraged and I felt patronized and I didn't want them near me and and um and then when I before I recovered but when I was you know diligently going to meetings still I didn't feel comfortable you know going to anybody even if they were new because I had nothing to offer um And then I had been through the big book step study process once before, and it didn't take, and I ate for 13 more years. But in those 13 years, um, not one person ever approached me, even at a big book meeting, to sponsor, even though I raised my hand every meeting that I ever went to. And it was because I had nothing, still had nothing to offer. It's like even newcomers, as sick as they are, they could smell it on me that I was dangerous and unrecovered and, you know, like skull and crossbones, don't go near her. But I have to say that once I recovered, once I surrendered, really surrendered, um, suddenly I had a message that I could bear saying out loud and people wanted to listen to. And um, so now when I think about that last sentence to see how you would like him to approach you. I know who I am as a sponsor today. I know who I am as a member of Overeaters Anonymous. I know what I have to say. And um, I can't, you know, I don't have like the fervor of a zealot, but I feel that way. I don't sound like that, but I feel that way because I have found the answer and I spent a long time with no answer. 
and I have found myself that, um, you know, like it's been said on the line, it's not for people who need it or want it. It's for people who do it. And, you know, I'll say one other thing is that in all those years, God bless my mother, as fat as I ever got, she never said a word. And, um, And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy. And next up, Darian Kay, followed by Carmela G. Hey, Darian. Good morning, Kelly. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, good. Um, this is Darian Kay from the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Oh, happy to be on the line. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Lots of love. Um, definitely on this line. Um, and so sponsorship is so important for me. It's important you know, in both ways, the having a sponsor and being a sponsor um, because it really um, keeps me accountable. And that was the real huge missing piece um, in any of the Weight Watcher diet programs. Um, you know, you, you could go home, be all excited to get whatever food plan you were going to do and get all gung-ho, but there was nobody to be accountable to except me. And uh, I fell short big time and <laughs> never succeeded and, um, and then went back and wondered why I put on weight. Um, so, you know, this, this program of accountability is really, really important to me. Um, it's given me that, um, yeah, that missing piece. That was really a missing piece for me. And, um, you know, I, I love being a sponsor. I love talking to people and, and walking them through this process and, um, you know, and also listening, listening to them and, um, you know, being, being an ear that maybe they never had before. Maybe, you know, a non-judgmental ear, I think is what it is. And, and I got that from my sponsor, my sponsors as well. Um, all of the people that I've had, you know, in this program and, so interesting too because when I got the sponsor, um, you know, my sponsor presently, you know, the only thing she could do was listen because I never, you know, I never met her, I never saw her. So the physical part, I didn't know. You know, it was just a matter of listening um, and her listening to me. And uh, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And if you, you know, if you have never sponsored before, um, Oh, give it a try. It's gonna just—it's just gonna make your program better. It's gonna keep you accountable. It's gonna make you better, and um, yeah, it's just gonna keep you in the flow of this beautiful um, recovery program. So, thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Darian K. Uh, next up, Carmela G. Followed by Jen A. Hey, Carmela. Thank you so much, Kelly. This is Carmela G. Grateful, compulsive eater, recovered. Uh, from New York. I've been listening and listening and and thinking about all my years in program. Um, and if if my higher power that I call God is willing, uh, this year I will celebrate seven years. Um, I don't know how many years I'm recovered. I know I'm seven years abstinent, but. Um, I don't know when I got the gift. Um, I got neutrality quickly, and I started sponsoring, oh, several years ago. And 
I, the, the, the beauty of this program is sponsorship is just like life. This program is a design for living. So if we follow the program and as we live and we learn and become better versions of ourselves through our higher power and we rid ourselves of all, well, I can't say I rid myself, the miracle that my higher power gave me of ridding Carmela's um, insanity and allowing me to live happy, joyous, and free, um, that shows in my sponsorship because that's what is attractive to others. So when I go to meetings and if I share and I see someone and I approach them and they put their arm's length out without literally putting the arm up, I know to back off. But I also know that they may have been in that spot where I was, where I thought I was unique. I was full of anger and rage. And once they approach me and I share that, and they realize that they are not so unique, we are very much alike with all the insane behaviors and sponsoring as we travel the road with our sponsees. That's the way that we can, they can develop the trust and unpeel that onion and take off the mask little by little because I had that mask on for six decades and I wasn't taking it off for anyone because I had to pretend that I wasn't 315 pounds. I had to pretend that I had a great life and I was... Time, please. Thank you. And with that... I try to share that today, and thank you for allowing me to share. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Carmela G. And after Jen A, we'll have time for another share. So if you're wanting to share, get ready. So Jen, you're up. Thanks, Kelly. Good morning. This is Jen A, Recovered in Colorado today. Um, Love working with others because um, I've just been like, seeping through it, just kind of combing through every single page and trying to get as much out of it as I can because I don't get to read it very often with people. And I know that in these 15 pages, there's over 150 suggestions on how I should work with others. And this suggestion says to me, the very important word is if, if there is any indication um, that he wants to stop or she wants to stop. And that's huge for me today to read that and, and to listen and, and to take that um, suggestion because, you know, when I got recovered, um, I was like, my sponsor said I was like a bleeding deacon in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I would sit in a face-to-face meeting and he'd be like, oh, here she goes again, right? Like, because I was so passionate, so excited. Like, I just wanted you all to have exactly what I had found and let me show you how to do it, even if you're not ready. But if you are ready and if you do want to stop, I'm going to have a good talk with you. And that's what I've learned from this program. And I learned it from my sponsor because he sat across from me in the seat across from me at Panera and he, and he took action and this is what he did. He would lean back 
he would listen. He would love me right where I'm at, and he would let God give, show him the intuition on how to work with me every single day. That's what I learned from him. And so I get to then model that behavior with others when I'm working with them. And sometimes, you know, on the phone, that's hard to do. You can listen to people. I don't want to listen to people um, moan and complain, but I definitely want to hear people's story because I want to hear their journey. I want to hear all these five things that I'm learning in this paragraph about. What are your behaviors? What are your problems? That's page 52. That's the bedevilments. I've learned that, right? That's their background. What's your condition? What's your um, religious um, leanings? I mean, I got to know all of these things about this person, but what if they're ready? If and when they're ready, don't force yourself on people that are not. And um, we'll read in the next paragraph tomorrow. Um, Maybe it's wise to let them go on their way. And so I'm so glad for these instructions. So I'll just um, wait for God to give me the intuition um, on how to to carry it out with each individual person. I'm going to lean back, listen, love, and let God do the rest. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks so much, Jen A. So who else would like to share? We have room for one more person. Star one to unmute. Arini. Go ahead. You're up, Arini. Arini, sorry. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a re- grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. I'm sorry if my voice is a little cracky, but I wasn't feeling well. But I needed to share. So I can't forget where I came from and that I had a message of hopelessness. And that and thank you God, I am blessed with a different message today that I can carry a a new message, a message of hope to others and that would make a difference. So I needed to share with them a new prospect my story, where I came from. And um and if they are a compulsive overeater like myself, then they will be able to identify with my story because my job is to be of maximum service and to be always available for those who are in need. That is my position of where I stand. And after I shared my story, then I get to listen to their story because now I've opened the door. I created a safe space and mostly to identify with me to see if they really are truly a compulsive overeater. So now we both have shared our stories and have identified with one another. And this is what establishes a special relationship with each other, this identification that you are me and and I am you. And now... um, So now I have some idea where they're coming from, and I'm able to proceed if they're willing to work with me. And I I don't sponsor everyone the same way. I can't sponsor a newbie the way I would sponsor somebody who had relapsed over and over again. So by listening to their history and their story and where they came from and where they are at the present moment, it sets me up to um, do my job and take them through the book um, according to what their needs are. And, um, and then if they're willing to work with me, I only ask one request, and that's to be honest with themselves and with me. And everything else, I just make suggestions. And then we begin with a three-way conversation, always on every call, with a prayer, with um, 
myself, them, and God. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Irene M., for getting us finishing this out there. All right, so thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you, Team Friday. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, well, let's see. Where am I? Okay, <laughs> please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Our share ID for Friday, today, February 14, 2020, is 14121. One four one two one. So now we will close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Larry Kay, will you read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Star one, Larry. Uh, you know what? I'm new to this deal here. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.